Forward and Acknowledgements Who would be so base as to pick on a wizened, shriveled old lady, well-stricken in years, who has consecrated her entire life to the needy and the destitute? On the other hand, who would be so incurious as to leave unexamined the influence and motives of a woman who once boasted of operating more than five hundred convents in upwards of a hundred and five countries, without counting India? lone self-sacrificing zealot, or chair of a missionary multinational. The scale alters with the perspective, and the perspective alters with the scale. Once the decision is taken to do without awe and reverence, if only for a moment, the Mother Teresa phenomenon assumes the proportions of the ordinary and even the political. It is part of the combat of ideas and the clash of interpretations, and can make no serious claims to having invisible means of support. The first step, as so often, is the crucial one. It still seems astonishing to me that nobody had ever before decided to look at the saint of Calcutta as if, possibly, the supernatural had nothing to do with it. I was very much discouraged as I asked the most obvious questions and initiated what were, at the outset, the most perfunctory investigations by almost everybody to whom I spoke so I must mention several people who gave me heart, and who answered the implied question, Is nothing sacred? with a stoical no. Victor Navasky, editor of The Nation, and Graydon Carter, editor of Vanity Fair, both allowed me to write early polemics against Mother Teresa, even though they had every reason to expect a hostile reader response, which, interestingly, failed to materialize. In making the Channel 4 documentary Hell's Angel, which aired in Britain in the autumn of 1994, and which did lead to venomous and irrational attacks, I owe everything to Vanya Del Borgo and Tariq Ali of Bandung Productions, whose idea it was, and to Valdemar Januszczak of Channel 4, who took the heat, as the saying goes. A secular Muslim, a secular Jew, and a secular Polish Catholic made excellent company in fending off the likes of Miss Victoria Gillick, a pestilential morals campaigner who stated publicly that our program was a Jewish-Muslim conspiracy against the one true faith. Colin Robinson and Mike Davis of Verso were unwavering in their belief that a few words are worth many pictures. Ben Metcalf was and is a splendid copy editor. This is a small episode in an unending argument between those who know they are right and therefore claim the mandate of heaven, and those who suspect that the human race has nothing but the poor candle of reason by which to light its way. So I acknowledge as well the help and counsel and support of three heroes in this battle, Gore Vidal, Salman Rushdie, and Israel Shahak. It was once said of the criticism of religion that the critic should pluck the flowers from the chain, not in order that people should wear the chain without consolation, but so that they might break the chain and cull the living flower. As fundamental monotheism and shallow cultism testify to one view of the human future, and as the millennium casts its shadow before us, it has been a privilege to soldier with such distinguished witnesses. If the baffled and fearful prehistory of our species ever comes to an end, and if we ever get off our knees and cull those blooms, 
there will be no need for smoking altars and forbidding temples with which to honour the free-thinking humanists who scorn to use the fear of death to coerce and flatter the poor. Ethiopians imagine their gods as black and snub-nosed, Thracians blue-eyed and red-haired, but if horses or lions had hands or could draw and fashion works as men do, horses would draw the gods shaped like horses and lions like lions, making the gods resemble themselves. Xenophanes.